0: Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today and every podcasting day is Kyla. Hey. We had our very own bye week last week. Kyla has now returned triumphantly from Costa Rica. (laughs)
1: That was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I,
0: I was finally able to make my first pilgrimage to Mile High this past Sunday to see the Browns fall to the Broncos I'd seen the Broncos play in Kansas City and in Jacksonville, but never on their home turf.
1: Yeah, and they got a win, so that's great.
0: They actually won. It It was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it ended up being a pretty good game.
0: We have a ton to talk about today, but first, please don't forget to follow us at BTBW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We would love to help you sort through your bi-week blues or your injury blues or your bad fantasy blues.
1: (laughs) All of your blues,
0: <laughs> all all of your blues. <laughs> first of all, though, we are going to start by recapping our week nine results. And Kyla, you have a lot to talk about here.
1: first of all, I just want to make it known that i we missed the episode last week because, yes, I was in Costa Rica, and it was amazing. And Elias was here in Colorado, where it was snowing and cold. And I was surfing and hiking. <laughs> But with all of that, I missed the chance to really brag about how well my team did in week eight because they were amazing. Because in week nine, they really shit the bed. So (laughs) (laughs) so settle in because this might take a little while. But in week nine, I had Jared Goff and Gerald Everett both on a bye. And then I had James Conner out with a shoulder injury. So Like I said, I was in Costa Rica, so I didn't have a lot of time, and I made a quick decision to start Gardner Minshew in place of Jared Goff, which the matchup was good, allegedly, but he finished the game with 309 yards, four turnovers, and no touchdowns. So his two worst games of the season were the two weeks that I chose to play him on my Uh, team.
0: Minshew (laughs) mania. You fell victim.
1: So, yes, I did. And I also chose to start Jonu Smith from the Titans at tight end because my not-so-good friend Delaney Walker was out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not-so-good friend. Not a friend of the podcast.
1: No, not anymore. And um he, John O. Smith, only caught three passes for 18 yards. So, that was a pretty big blow to my team. Chris Godwin, Dalvin Cook, and Jalen Samuels had decent games, but nothing spectacular. So none of them had touchdowns. They all had double-digit points, but, I mean, it wasn't like – Dalvin Cook didn't have a Dalvin Cook-caliber game, which was disappointing. I was watching that game, and um, one of the other running backs – I think it was Ham, maybe. No, it wasn't Ham. It wasn't even Ham. One of the other running backs got a touchdown – and I was so mad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it like from from the goal line or?
1: It was not right on the goal line. No, it was okay. ten or so yards out or something. But
0: still, yeah, stole Dalvin Cook's TD.
1: Yeah, it it should have been. But then there's Aaron Jones, who is probably the most frustrating player that I have on my team because one week he'll get me forty points, and then another week he gets three point four which is what he got this week because, well, the game script worked against him in that game, but, I mean, you have to start him week to week. You can't sit him, right? right? The only person on my team who gave me anything this week was Tyler Lockett, and he had a monster game that I'll touch on more in a few minutes, but he finished with his highest point total of the season. So I went into Monday Night Football with no one left to play, and I was up by two and a half points. My opponent, Jackson, had Evan Ingram left, and being the hopeful person that I am, I went and looked at Evan Ingram's point totals from week to week, (laughs) and I, (laughs) I remembered that I had him as my loser of the week not long ago. So his lowest point total for one week was 1.1 points. So I thought, oh, my gosh, there's a chance. The Cowboys, they gave up 25 points to him in week one. They're definitely not going to do that again. They're going to focus on him.
0: Yeah, solve those problems from week one.
1: Uh Uh-huh. But he ended up with, like, six points. So I ended up losing my game by five points. I left some points on the bench, not many, but Gallup and Jamal Williams both had like 10 points or so. So they outscored some of the people that I started. But I finished with my second lowest point total of the season and lost my game 98 to 103. So now I have dropped to fifth overall in the league and I'm five and four. So you had a better week than I did, though. So let's hear about that.
0: well and in the cowboys defense they pretty much would have had to have shut out ingram yeah which is unlikely to happen you're talking about the packers the packers had probably the weirdest week of of any team Mm -mm. in the nfl they just got completely shut down by the chargers yeah as you can see the chargers just played the raiders and it's not like their pass rush is that amazing right So I thought that was weird. And also you're talking about how you played Jackson. Jackson was on your Costa Rican vacation.
1: He was with
0: you. Was he talking (laughs) any smack? Uh,
1: Not really, because we came home the day before Sunday. So we were, we were both kind of looking at our teams and kind of decide who to play, but no, he didn't talk too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in my week, Uh, I was able to sneak by my wife, Cuckoo for Juju, snuck by 131.5 to 125.
1: She almost came back and beat you. I was hoping she would.
0: (laughs) She executed a vicious comeback on Monday Night Football with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and the Cowboys defense. Thankfully, though, Saquon finished with 12.5 points, and Golden Tate got me 8.8, just enough to keep me in the win column. I had a pretty significant lead going into Monday Night Football. Amari Cooper caught that touchdown in the second <laughs> half and all of a sudden it just started to shrink and shrink and shrink. Didn't the Cowboys get a defensive touchdown pretty late at, too? Yeah, At the
1: very end of the game, yeah, they got a defensive I,
0: touchdown. Yeah, but I still won by about six points. It, it got dicey though. Mike Evans for the Buccaneers finished with 32 points to lead my team. 12 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown on 16 targets. He got zero points against the saints in week five. And I complained about it. I complained pretty hard about it. And I think he heard me yeah, uh, I think since so. then 32 catches, 474 yards, three touchdowns and 45 targets over his last three games. Wow. Uh, Mike Evans has been pretty amazing. I started Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. I'm glad that that didn't come back to bite me. Uh, Jackson, of course, was playing New England Mm -hmm. going into the week. I was very worried about what Baltimore could do. Now I am never taking Lamar Jackson out of the lineup, no matter who (laughs) they're playing. It's official. (laughs) He's just one of those guys you put in there and you don't think about it. Yeah. Allen got 19 points. Not bad, but Jackson had 30. So I'm glad they didn't come back to bite me. I only won by six. Mm -hmm. And if I would have left those 11 points on the, on the bench, I would have been pretty angry about that. Yeah. Also, some highlights Mark Ingram finished with 15.4 points, 115 yards on the ground. Vance McDonald, the much maligned Vance (laughs) McDonald, came through with the TV, which is a TD, which is a minor miracle. Yeah. And then Odell Beckham, five catches for 87 yards. Got to see him do that in person, obviously, at the Broncos game, Mm -hmm. despite Chris Harris being on him. And this week, I've got Lamar Jackson and Cooper Cup. Back in the fold. I had Cooper Cup on a bye. So feeling good. Yeah. Of course you are.
1: Yeah, you talked about Lamar Jackson there. And we just have to mention how the Ravens took down the Patriots and how extremely happy I was to see that happen.
0: It was so satisfying. (laughs) Whenever New England loses, it's it's it just feels (laughs) so good. And of course they'll probably go fourteen and two They'll have the one seed, either mm-hmm. Kansas City or Baltimore will have to go into New England yeah. and win. What I'm really hoping for is that somehow Baltimore would go to New England in the second round because yeah. over Tom Brady's tenure, really only two things have given them problems in the postseason. Baltimore at New England and then New England at Denver. Okay, Those seem yeah. to be the only matchups that him and Belichick ever have have problems with. And of course the Broncos won't be anywhere near the postseason.
1: Mm.
0: So it's going to be up to the Ravens.
1: Yeah, let's let's hope. So moving on to our winners and losers of the week, my winner of the week is my very own Tyler Lockett. As I mentioned, he had an incredible game. He is Mr. Consistent on my fantasy team. He's finished eight of nine games with double digit fantasy points. And last week was his highest total. He saw 18 targets, which is ridiculous in this game. Um, he caught 13 of them for 152 yards and two touchdowns. That got me 35.7 half PPR points. Tampa Bay had no answer for him or DK Metcalf, who also had more than 100 yards and a touchdown in that game.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. That that, that game was a shootout. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans had a great game. The Seahawks yeah. receivers were awesome. Uh, For my winner of the week, I chose quarterbacks named Allen. (laughs) There's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, Josh (laughs) Allen, Kyle Allen, and future Broncos Hall of Famer, Brandon Allen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The Brandon (laughs) Allen era has officially begun. Wow. Uh, They all kicked ass. Each had 18 fantasy points or more. Brandon went 12 for 20 with 193 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Broncos actually threw the ball downfield. It's a novel concept. It's called the forward <laughs> pass. You know, and and what you want to do is actually get the ball past the first down marker. Yeah. It's something Joe Flacco couldn't really ever figure out. You know, there's, <laughs> on TV you have that yellow line, so maybe he needs to do it where they have the yellow line. I don't <laughs> it know. Might Help. Flacco could never figure it out, but Brandon Allen had no problem with it. Uh, but yeah, quarterbacks named Allen, all three, great weeks.
1: Yeah. My loser of the week was Alan Robinson. He was targeted five times, but caught one pass for six yards. Now it's hard to blame Robinson for this when Trubisky didn't complete a single pass beyond the line of scrimmage in the first half of that game against Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mitch. It is laugh- laughable. Clearly. Uh. Um, Robinson has only achieved double-digit fantasy points in four of eight games played this season. Two of those games were week four and five, where um, week four was when Trubisky exited with his injury, and then week five, he missed. So it's hard to guess what value Robinson will have the rest of the season with Trubisky looking so bad.
0: He's got to bring in Chase Daniel. Yeah. Mizzou (laughs) made.
1: Robinson on, did get double-digit fantasy points when Daniel started. So I know. I know. You know.
0: <laughs> My loser for last week was Adam Thielen. Also not his fault. He reaggravated his hamstring issue. Got zero points. A huge bummer for fantasy owners. Not much more to say other than it was a huge bummer. He got yeah. hurt. Everybody probably started him, and he got zero.
1: Yeah, that's It's kind of like the David Johnson situation, too. Although, I mean, yeah, pretty similar to the David Johnson situation.
0: At least Johnson could kind of play, though. Like, they were just like, nah, just go sit on the bench. It'll be fine. (laughs) You know, they weren't planning on this to happen to Thielen, you know. The Johnson situation still kind of makes me mad.
1: This is good news for Stefan Diggs owners, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely could be. Yeah. Speaking of Thielen, though. Yeah. As we move on to our injuries for the week, Thielen, still with the same issue, ruled out for this upcoming week for week 10. More guys that are out, Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton on the Colts are both out this week, strained MCL for Jacoby Brissett and then a calf issue for Hilton. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Le'Veon Bell's listen is questionable. He underwent an MRI on Monday, but it came back clean, so he is likely to play. Adam Gase said it looks good when he was asked about (laughs) (laughs) Bell's status for the week. Very
0: descriptive.
1: Um, Deshaun Jackson, unfortunately was placed on injury reserve after having surgery on Tuesday, he apparently re aggravated that core muscle injury and ended up having to have surgery on it. He caught eight catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns in week one, but only one catch after that, which is unfortunate because I think he is a really good receiver and he was poised to have a really big year in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Clearly the deep threat for them and their offense has, has missed that. Uh, more people that are out. Evan Ingram for the Giants, tight end. He will not play this week. And then a couple guys that are expected to play. Amari Cooper, bruised knee. He should be in the lineup. Mark Walton, the running back for the Dolphins, was suspended four games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. (laughs) Maybe it's just my lack of knowing things about the Dolphins. I didn't even see that.
1: I saw it, but I like didn't hear anything about it. And I was just looking through rosters and I saw that he was suspended and I was like, what the hell? Like, what did it... and apparently he <laughs> was arrested a few times in the offseason and it was related to that. I don't have any idea what it's about, but.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I, well, I mean, until that he was <laughs> supposedly a fantasy option two or three weeks ago, I'd never even heard of the guy. So, yeah uh juju smith schuster was a late add to the injury report he's questionable with a toe injury and then moving on to some guys who've been dealing with injuries for weeks now uh james connor will be out yet again Mm -hmm. with a shoulder issue cam newton was placed on ir on tuesday his uh liz frank issue with his foot apparently too much to overcome Kyle Allen, as we mentioned earlier, with the love of the Allens we have here, will finish the season as a starting QB for Carolina. And maybe the biggest news of the fantasy week, Pat Mahomes is back and he will play this week for Kansas City. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, David Johnson was also, he is no longer on the injury report. Kenyon Drake should still see plenty of touches. We think Chase Edmonds is still out with a hamstring issue. George Kittle suffered an injury in week nine, but he came back in the game and then didn't really finish the game. Um, he has a knee and an ankle injury. Kittle, he,
0: th- that that was kind of interesting. Like he came back in and he got a touchdown and, and, but he clearly was trying to work through it on the sideline in that. And like it, it was the first offensive play for the 49ers. I believe they ran the ball and this guy just rolled up on his leg and it looked like it could have been really bad because he went down and, You know, it was clearly in agony. And -hmm. then he he came back in and he caught a touchdown later where he just, like, destroyed this DB. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was Baker just destroyed this guy for Arizona on on his way to the end zone. And it was like, well, I guess he's fine. And then he's still trying to work through this leg issue.
1: I think he missed most of the fourth quarter in that game. But he is not really practicing. He had an MRI and they're being really vague about... Yeah, what it said. They didn't release the results. It's really unclear if he's actually going to play. It's looking like a game time decision. Brandon Cooks um, is still out with a concussion. He has history of concussions, so Sean McVeigh says he doesn't know when Cooks will play again, but he's going to see another specialist in Pittsburgh this weekend.
0: More injuries. Matt Ryan will play this week. He's back from an ankle sprain. Uh, His streak of 163 consecutive starts ended when he missed the Falcons' last game. Wow! In the same game for New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, no longer on the injury report. He is back and starting. Sterling Shepard, speaking of concussions, he will be out for a fifth straight game. His symptoms came back this week. Kind of seems like he would be worth dropping at this point. There's really no telling when he'll actually be able to play. Yeah. Darius Geis for Washington is set to return in week 11 with a knee issue. I believe Washington has a bye week this week. Mm -hmm, They do. And then to round out the injuries, A.J. Green, uh, he's out for week 10, suffered a setback in his recovery from ankle surgery. There's really no timetable for when he'll be back either.
1: I honestly, the way I feel about A.J. Green is that the Bengals season is done, like, If he's having the least bit of discomfort, why put him in and play him and risk more injury? Like it's he's not going to help you make the playoffs at this point.
0: Yeah, and and for his just his own personal health too, it would seem like it would be it would be better just for him to sit out. And now with their quarterback situation, Andy Dalton will be on the bench. Yep. Ryan Finley, they're going to see what they have in him. We'll you know we'll see. (laughs) I'm not overly enthusiastic about that.
1: Is he a rookie?
0: I think he's a rookie. I believe Finley went to NC State. Um, but uh, it will be his first start, no matter if it's his first year or his second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more quarterback news tidbit. Gardner Minshew. He's out. He is. He gone. No surprise. Is back. Yeah, he Nick put the nail in back. his
1: coffin with his performance this past week, I think. <laughs>
0: One of the better stories of the NFL season so far. Yeah, Him with the mustache, you know, <laughs> and just doing his thing. But uh, it has come to an end. Yeah. And we'll see. I think the Jaguars, I think their receivers. We can kind of go back to what we thought was going to happen at the beginning of the season before Nick Foles got hurt. If yeah. D.D. Westbrook is out there, you know, I, I feel like we were all high on him. And he had a good week one, or at least I believe he did. And then once Foles was out, he was done. Yeah. So, do you
1: think? I got a question. Do you think that DD Westbrook is going to be more valuable than DJ Chark? Because I have DJ Chark on my team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before the season, we all thought it was DD. And, you know, maybe during the course of the season, now the offense has sort of shifted Mm -hmm. towards. Chark and Foles should be good enough to include them both. Yeah, I think so, too. So I would think the Chark would still hold plenty of value. Okay. Uh,
1: Moving on to our good and bad matchups for the week. My first good matchup this week is Devin Singletary. They play at Cleveland. Singletary seemed to take his place atop the Buffalo running back's throne last week. He finished with 20 rush attempts for 95 yards. And another 45 yards on three receptions and a touchdown. So this week, he faces a Browns run defense that ranks 30th overall, allowing an average of 141 rushing yards a game. And they've given up seven total touchdowns to running backs. I look for Singletary to keep rolling this week and have another big game.
0: Yeah, I was hoping the Broncos RBs would do a little bit better against Cleveland last week, too. Lindsey had a good game. He got that one TD, but... Uh, I was definitely thinking they would run the ball a little bit more than they did, but apparently Brandon Allen just doesn't need it. You know, he's yeah. just, he's just a he boss. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first one is Mark Ingram. The Ravens are at the Bengals. This one's pretty simple. The Bengals have allowed an RB to get 10 points or more in every game this season. In most cases, there have been two RBs with 15 points or more. Wow. Uh, The run defense in Cincinnati, obviously, is terrible. Ingram put up 100 yards against New England last week. The Ravens will be trying to salt away the clock, you would think, late in the second half against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Ingram and maybe even Gus Edwards as well will probably have great weeks. The Ravens know their identity is on the ground, and I don't think they'll strike from that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mark
0: Ingram seems like a surefire guy to plug in there.
1: Yeah, Mark Ingram's one of those guys that you... He's he's pretty much matchup proof at this point. I feel like, but he has had some down weeks. But this is looks like a really right. good week for him. Right. Uh, my next guy is Jimmy Garoppolo versus Seattle. Garoppolo is coming off the first four touchdown performance of his career. Granted, that was against Arizona, which has given up a lot to everybody. But I feel like the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders has increased. Garoppolo's fantasy value. He actually has somebody to throw to downfield now. This week, he's facing a Seattle defense that's giving up an average of 278 passing yards a game. They've allowed multi-touchdown games to quarterbacks in six of nine games. Seattle just gave up 335 yards and two touchdowns to my front of me, Jameis Winston. You, <laughs> you do love Jameis. <laughs> It's a it's a love-hate relationship that I have with Jameis. Uh, if you need a QB streamer this week with all the buys, they're calling this week the apocalypse because there's so many. If you need a quarterback, <laughs> I think Garoppolo is uh, at the top of the list of streamers.
0: So the final good matchup for us is Kyler Murray, quarterback for Arizona. They are at Tampa Bay. Pretty sure I picked Murray a few weeks ago and he let me down, but I'm going back to the well. Mm-hmm. The Bucs have allowed the fourth most points to quarterbacks, as you were talking about there when they played the Seahawks last week. That's mainly because they've been so good against the run as well. Mm -hmm. I think opposing teams have been forced to air it out. Tampa has allowed the third fewest amount of fantasy points to RBs. Only four RBs all season have gotten double-digit fantasy points against Tampa, which includes last week when Chris Carson did it. So I think that basically the running game for Arizona, not going to be great they're going to be forced to air it out. And also just with, it seems like the way that all of Tampa Bay's games have gone, they have, it seems like, you know, 35, 31. Mm-hmm. What was the Seattle game last week? 40, 37, something like that.
1: It was up there. I don't, I'm not sure exactly, yeah. but yeah, it's all, they're all high flying. It seems like, cause Tampa Bay is a pass first team. So that's yeah. how it all kind of goes. So
0: for sure. So anyway, I'm thinking Kyler Murray will be forced into a lot of action. He's going to have to keep up with Jameis. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he avoids the turnovers, which he's actually done a great job of. Yeah. And uh, fire him up.
1: Yep. My first bad matchup this week is Marvin Jones Jr. at Chicago. Uh, Jones has had a few really big games this season, but it's pretty hit or miss. This week he's up against Chicago, who has been extremely stingy against wide receivers giving up the third-fewest fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. The Bears have only given up two 100-yard games and haven't allowed a receiving touchdown since week three. This should be a tough one. So you may not have many options with all the buys this week, but I'd sit him if possible.
0: My first bad matchup is Devonta Freeman, Um, the RB for the Falcons. They are at New Orleans. Here's a little breakdown of what Freeman will be you know, trying to go up against this week. No RB has a 100 yard game against the saints this season. Carlos Hyde got 83 yards in week one. That's the closest one. There are a couple of teams that had two RBs combined to get over 100 yards, but those were also early in the season before their bye. new Orleans completely shut down Arizona and Chicago on the ground. Those two weeks before Freeman also has rushed or has not rushed for 100 yards all season he doesn't get any receiving yards it's going to seem like you know he's just going to have a super long day
1: yeah i mean freeman in general this season has had a rough time so my first bad matchup is Jarvis Landry versus buffalo two reasons why i don't like landry this week the first is that baker mayfield is playing so poorly that both landry and beckham are hard to trust and that, uh, that's hard to say because odell beckham is he's a great receiver and it's really yeah. unfortunate what's happened to him in Cleveland. Um, the other reason is that Buffalo's defense is less than generous when it comes to handing out fantasy points to wide receivers. They've yet to give up a 100-yard game and have only allowed two receiving touchdowns all season. The highest fantasy point total they've given up was all the way back in week one to Jamison Crowder with 14 receptions for 99 yards. Landry has only had two double-digit Finishes all season, and I don't think this week will be much better.
0: Yeah, I don't think he had one against the Broncos last week either. Uh, Odell caught a a couple of passes where you know he was able to make a play, get downfield. It didn't really even seem like Landry was on the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for our good and bad matchups of the week, our good ones, Devin Singletary, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mark Ingram, and Kyler Murray. And for the bad ones, Marvin Jones Jr., Jarvis Landry, Freeman, and then our final one, DK Metcalf for Seattle at the 49ers. He seemed like the most popular person when we were looking at questions online on social media this week. It just seemed like every single question that I came across was should I start him or, you know, Pascal for the Colts? Like he just seems to be one of the most popular pickups right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not in on the Metcalf train like everyone else is. (laughs) Uh, Last week against Tampa Bay, he caught six passes for 123 yards and a touchdown. That's the only game this season where he has more than four catches. Yeah. Two weeks ago, he caught two touchdowns, but it just seems lucky because he only had 13 receiving yards. Wow. He just caught, you know, two passes near the goal line.
1: He just got the red zone targets. It seems like.
0: Right. So, My point is, is that I don't really think he's that dependable. The Bucks game was a shootout as we've been talking about. Seattle was forced to throw and it doesn't seem like they really throw unless they need to, even you know with the quarterback, you know, w- Wilson is having an incredible year mm-hmm. and that's really why the passing game has been so successful, but they still don't They don't throw unless they need to.
1: Yeah, I mean, even with Lockett, he doesn't get a ton. I mean, last week he got 18 targets, but that's really unusual. He doesn't get that many targets, but he's so efficient that he usually catches most of them, if not all.
0: On top of it all, they've got the 49ers defense this week. They've been great against the pass so far. Uh, With the buys this week, as we've been talking about, maybe you have to start Metcalf, but if you can, I don't think he's a good option.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going against Metcalf this week, so I'm hoping that he uh, has a down week.
0: (laughs) I hope that for you as well.
1: (laughs) Uh, Moving on, we are going to go right into our game of the week. We chose Seattle at San Francisco for our game of the week. This game, to me, is probably the best Monday night game that we've had all season it's similar to the new England and Baltimore situation we had last week. You got new England finally facing Baltimore with a good offense. Let's see what they can actually do. And they ended up losing, which is nice.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: I'm going to preface this by saying, I think the 49ers are good. I think they're legit. I think they're a playoff team, but they have not faced a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber yet this season. Here's a list of the quarterbacks they've played. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, who is not doing well, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, and Kyler Murray. So with that said, I think this will be a good game. San Francisco has a top-ranked defense in the league. They rank first against the pass but 14th against the run. And on the flip side of that, Seattle's defense is not what it once was. No. They rank 13th against the run and 28th against the pass. So Seattle will need to be able to stop the running game of San Francisco if they want to win. I do think that Russell Wilson is going to have more success against this team than any other quarterback yet. I liken this game to the Seattle-Tampa Bay game where players on both sides have big fantasy days. I look for a high-scoring game and big games from Lockett, Carson, Wilson, Garoppolo, Coleman, and Brita, and Emmanuel Sanders, especially if George Kittle sits. Yeah. So I think it's either going to be that or Seattle's defense will have their best game of the year, and it'll just be a completely defensive game, and I'll be 100% wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, which can happen. You never know. But I'm taking Seattle to squeak this one out, though, and end the... uh, 49ers winning streak
0: so you were calling out all those qbs and that i think that's pretty amazing uh even though one of them is named Mm Allen, you know he didn't have a good game which is amazing you know if if your if your last name is Allen, you're probably going to the hall of fame right
1: (laughs) probably and i'm not saying that i mean they have faced some good quarterbacks but not russell wilson
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, I think Kyle Allen had three turnovers. I mean, he had his worst game of the year against the 49ers. The 49ers' right. defense has been great. Yeah. I think they were exposed just a little bit last week by the Cardinals. The Cardinals were actually able to move the ball on the ground finally, which no other team had really been able to do.
1: They almost beat him, which is... I mean, the Cardinals haven't beat it many people. <laughs>
0: nope. <laughs> I think the whole game is really in, intriguing. Uh, my only question is will the 49ers offense be able to run the ball effectively enough to keep Wilson off the field? Yeah. Uh, I think they can do that. You were talking about how you do feel the 49ers are a good team, but you're just not sure they're good enough to beat Seattle this week. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the same thing about Seattle. You yeah. were just mentioning all the holes in their defense in that. Basically, the one thing keeping Seattle afloat is is Wilson. Like, if they didn't have Wilson, they would be under 500. mm Mm-hmm. They no. would just be leaning on Chris Carson. It would be, I feel like, a Jaguars type team, where they just hand the ball off to Fournette and just really, really hope mm-hmm. that Fournette has a good game because that's what their offense is based around. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. I'd, I still just don't really feel that Seattle's that good. And maybe all they really need is one transcendent player. You know, with w- Wilson doing the things that he's doing, maybe that's all that they need to win and and you know go 12 and four. Yeah. Or something like that. I just, the rest of the team's just not very good.
1: They did add Josh Gordon. So getting that other downfield guy might make a difference. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if he's going to play this week or not.
0: Yeah, he had an injury update. I didn't check into what it was. I'm not sure if he's playing or not. Um, but I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm not, you know, I'm not e- extremely confident about it at all. But I think they'll win. And then they have a couple games coming up where I think the undefeated season will eventually leave.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Oh, no, we got to do our... um, How did I forget? We got to do our lineups for the week. Let me pull mine up.
0: So, Week 10 lineups, as I mentioned earlier, Lamar Jackson and uh, Cooper Cup, they are back in my lineup. Cooper Cup was off last week. And, of course, Lamar Jackson I had on the bench thinking he wouldn't do anything against the Patriots. Silly me. Mm-hmm. He's back in there, projected 26 points against the Bengals. And I've got Mike Evans. And then Odell will be in my flex. Uh, zero confidence in Odell. But, you know, he's still yeah. Odell. So I still want to want to play him. Mm-hmm. Vance McDonald, I've got him in there as a, in the tight end slot. I picked up Chris Herndon for the Jets couple weeks ago thinking that maybe in a really bad tight end situation that i have that maybe he could lift my spirits a little bit but he still continues to be injured so he's going to be on the bench and maybe even once he's healthy he won't do anything we'll just have to see Mm -hmm. then in the rb slots i've got saquon and mark ingram Then Harrison Butker is the kicker, and the Baltimore defense against the Bengals, who I was able to pick up this week off of waivers. They're projected 9.1 points. Hopefully, they make Ryan Finley's day a living hell. Yeah. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this week.
1: I was so upset because I had it in my head last Sunday that once the Cleveland and Broncos game was over, I was going to drop cleveland's defense and pick up baltimore's defense before they played of course i wouldn't be able to play them but i wanted to grab them before they went on waivers and then i went to costco and forgot all about it <laughs> <laughs> i was so mad and i was like there's no way i mean, i was like eight or nine on the waivers like there's yeah. no way i'm not even i'm not even gonna try but
0: you were just I, thinking about your costco trip and you forgot about the ravens d these things I, happen
1: i do love costco i will say that <laughs> Um, I did make some, before I get into my starting lineup, I'm just going to say I did make some waiver or some, not waivers, I didn't do any waivers, but I did make some pickups this week. I waited till after all the waiver fuss, I picked up Nick Foles, dropped Gardner Minshew because I am not good at the quarterback position right now. But this is breaking news. I don't know if you even noticed this yet or not. Tom Brady became available in our league this week. What? And I, yes, Andrew, which is second string, dropped him. So I dropped Jared Goff like a hot potato and picked up Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought I thought Brady was on uh, was on Tom's team. So that does that mean Tom dropped him eventually? Or... He
1: dropped him a while ago, and, and I tried Andrew to pick him up. up. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick him up then, but I didn't have a high enough waiver position, and so he dropped him the other day. And I was like. Mm. I got to drop Jared Goff because he sucks. Oh yeah. So I got a huge upgrade at quarterback. He's not playing this week, but I am super happy about that. And what else did I do? Well, oh, and, I had to-
0: Brady should have like he should be great the rest of the season too at the matchups they have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, obviously a way better QB than Goff.
1: Yeah, so I got I got better at the quarterback position this week. So. My I also had to pick up a new kicker because Robbie Gold apparently was injured and was gonna miss the week. So I picked up the Tampa Bay kicker, Matt Gay. And I picked up New York Giants defense against the Jets, because that was kind of the best option that was left after all the waivers. And the rest of my starting lineup, I'm starting Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback this week, which was one of our top waiver wire ads of the week. I did not have to put in a waiver for him. I just picked him up after after the waiver wire period, right. Um, I also have in my wide receiver Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin. Those are kind of my two top guys that I just start regardless. Everything else pretty much looks the same too. Running backs: Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. I think he's going to have a much better week against Carolina's really bad run defense. I also have Jalen Samuels in because James James Conner is out again. And my tight end is Gerald Everett, and he's the only tight end I'm carrying right now. I have three quarterbacks, but one tight end.
0: (laughs) Well, unfortunately for me at the moment, I have three quarterbacks and two tight ends. Uh, I still have Josh Allen. I tried to drop him, uh, but I didn't get the waiver. It didn't go through. I don't even remember right now who I was trying to pick up, but with... Matt Ryan and Lamar Jackson. I definitely don't need Josh Allen anymore. So yeah. if you want to drop Tom Brady and pick up Josh Allen, you know, that's that's available to you or should be available to you soon.
1: No, no, thanks. I wondered why you still were carrying him because you definitely don't need him now.
0: Yeah, I tried to get rid of him. Uh, I have a coworker who is a Bills fan and they just have had so much heartbreak in that. I Whenever there are any Bills players or anything, I just, I, I get like sentimental you know (laughs) but in all seriousness i really am trying to drop josh allen
1: yeah so that is going to be it for the for today thanks for listening if you like the show please remember to subscribe and give us a review we will continue to post our top waiver wire ads for the week on tuesdays on our social medias you can also send us your lineup questions we generally answer we try to answer most of them if we can You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast, and we will see you next time.
0: See you later.